1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time to wake up with a nice cup of morning roast. Three. And Phil Moore's finest, Bronte Hill, <laughs> the
2: pride of the Excelsior, Joe Butcher Boy Shasky. <laughs> you listening to 95-7 Again, in the morning roast. Oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby. Good morning to everybody out there on the Warriors Wednesday. Brought to you by Freedman's Appliance, a trusted name since 1922. Visit Freemansappliance.com today. Good morning to all the officers, all the CSP officers, the overnight dancers, the graveyard shift workers, the truck drivers, the garbage men, the construction workers out there getting it in this cold weather. Good morning to all the students, the teachers, all the coaches, everybody out there. Hopefully you're having a great, great new year. Um... We're going to talk to that D study, our 9570 Game Insider in a second on the Boxer and Gerson guest line here. By the way, YouTube and Twitch. Good morning to you guys as well. Uh, YouTube and Twitch brought to you by First NorCal Credit Union, smart choice for low auto low rates and super simple online application process as well as the Comcast Business Text Line. Quick update on Golden State Warriors assistant coach Dayan Milojovic. He was hospitalized last night in Salt Lake City, Utah. Mm. Suffering a medical emergency at a private team dinner. Um, We'll have an update on him. Maybe Anthony Slater knows a little bit about it. Anthony Slater's been the star of the show out there in Milwaukee. Setting up the Mike Brown Laptop Gate press conference that he got fined $50,000 for. Anthony Slater joins us as he does every single week on the Boxer Carson guest line. Anthony, man, what's going on? What's up, fellas? How you doing, man? How you doing this morning?
3: I'm cold, man. It's It's been a cold trip. Really cold trip. I haven't been in weather that's like above 22 degrees in about a week. Oh, my gosh. So it's yeah, like no, outcast. Yeah, yeah,
2: you, you and the Dolphins have something in common. You and the Dolphins uh, not, have something
3: no, <laughs> yeah, Don't we Yeah. Right away, I thought maybe at the end you guys would start
2: getting <laughs> nah, nah, you No, know, no. We knew you guys you No, know, we stick good. the knife in quickly. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do. I just asked Philadelphia here. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, you. unfortunately before our show, <laughs> about 545 or whatever it was, Dayon man, it's just a closer to go to State Warriors. Dayon Milo uh Miliovich, Hospitalized. What do you know about that?
3: Yeah, you know, team dinner last night, medical emergency as the teams kind of put out uh in a Salt Lake City hospital right now. And they you know, they've canceled shoot around this morning. They're supposed to have shoot around that's no longer happening. So, um, uh, you know, I mean, not a ton of details out there. What you've heard is, is, is what's kinda known, but uh yeah. That's unfortunate. Wow. So fortunate.
4: Yeah, it's really our, our prayers go out to him. Yep. And obviously we're, we're pulling for him. And there's no easy transition. But, uh, you know, I want to start with Draymond. A pod dropped in my inbox this morning uh, from Draymond Green. And the other night, it's his first game back. And he's sitting there talking about defense at the podium. And maybe I'm too in the weeds. I found it to be kind of like, really, dude? You've been out for like a thousand games this year. And you have the audacity to come back after one night where you looked okay and talk about other people's effort on defense. I don't know. It smacked as, as disingenuous. Am I the only one that feels that way?
3: Yeah, you know, I do think he has tried to, like, curb it a few times. You've probably heard even in, I think, maybe in the podcast, but definitely at the podium with, like, he'll be going down the road of kind of criticizing others. And, be like, and you know, let's start with me being suspended like over half the season to this point. Like, he'll at least mention that fact. Um, but also, I just think what's happening is, like, he's coming back to now an 18- and 22 team uh, that is 25th in the league in defense, that was 29th in the league in defense while he was gone. And it's just like, I got to fix this, and I got to fix this as quick as possible. And part of his way of fixing it is publicly calling people out. And, and you, I can understand why that rubs people the wrong way, but uh, his belief is, like, it needs to get solved, and and, and this is part of solving it uh i don't know that that's necessarily the case i think it's personnel problems right now especially with gary payton out and, and you know andrew wiggins having the season he's having but uh you know it's 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 what he's always tried to do fix stuff not only through actions but words and uh it, it may fall on deaf ears but he's trying
2: He's trying, and it may not be good enough with this basketball team right now after what we saw in Memphis on MLK Day. And I read your latest piece in The Athletic. Of course, Anthony Slater, our Warriors insider for The Athletic here at 95-70 Game. Um, you chronicled the offense in that one. It was very interesting, and you had some breakdowns in the film, as you always do. And it was atrocious. Now, defensively, I'm thinking to myself, man, they're overhelping wide open threes. Memphis, worst team in the league when it comes to three-point percentage. Uh, They make 20, which is the most the Warriors have given up in the game this season. Ironically, especially after those blowout losses to the Raptors and the Pelicans. But but damn, offensively, the young Memphis Grizzlies just befuddled the Warriors. And again, the problem was careless turnovers, Anthony.
3: Yeah, and it starts at the top, right? And Steph uh had five, dribbled his off his leg out of bounds, got his p- uh, pocket pick by Jacob Gilliard at one point, uh was kinda like bobbling passes. Uh and you know, turnovers hadn't been that big an issue lately. I think, you know, they had uh been like, you know, a top top six team in the league in like fewest turnovers over the last, you know, half month or so. Uh but popped up at the wrong time and honestly you know you were t- talking to coaches post game especially after they like rewatch film uh and they're like they didn't think the defense was that bad in that game uh a lot of the defensive issues were you know you're scrambling in transition because their point guard just you know picked your pocket and it's a four on three going the other way like a lot of times defensive breakdowns can happen if you put yourself in compromising situations that i just i thought they did and there's a lot of Ways to to you know, I say criticize you know how the offense look. I thought there was a lot you know too much Dario Saric right, mm-hmm. he's a mid post ISO and against David Roddy and and trying various things. So um, wasn't great, but again, I do think the, the defense is a bigger big picture issue. I just thought right. the offense was really bad the other day.
4: Are they going to make a trade? Like I feel like that's what it's coming down to. Like the Warriors just want to know like are they making a trade or not? And I, I might argue it might be more depressing if they don't swing any deal I think people will be furious
3: yeah um you know it's it's being explored I'll say that uh I'm curious where this Pascal Siakam situation ends up obviously you know our Shams and and Sam Amick reported that Indiana seems to be getting closer and the Pacers do seem like a more natural landing spot uh, for a team that's like set to to you know view Siakam as a a core piece of their young core moving forward um Mm -hmm. I know they've at least, you know, they've they've sniffed around in that market for sure, and they'll look at other stuff, but I think and we're at the point where you can maybe take a step back and be like, what is the best, tr-? You, I agree, I think everyone kind of agrees that some kind of shake-up is needed, but is the best strategy to like obsessively try to make this team as good as possible this season, regardless of their future assets, or is it, you know, kind of a reset, not, yeah. not, not a rebuild, you obviously, you're going to have Steph Curry next season, you're going to want to compete, but... But, I, you know, I think the next three seasons becomes a bigger priority than, like, the next couple months, just because I don't know that you can save the next couple months. Yeah, I,
2: I, I'm kind of with you, Anthony, when you look at the team and talk about their defensive walls, what are they, like, second to last or last, uh, the last 17 games when it comes to defensive rating, they're giving up points, and I don't know if there's a trade out there that could get them over the hump. Right now, they're out of the box, which means they're not even in the play-in, uh, play-in situation right now. Utah has leapfrogged them, and we'll get to them in just a second, because they're probably the hottest team in the NBA. So I don't know what a trade could do. Could it kind of pull them to the top 6? I highly doubt it, Anthony.
3: Yeah, well, I think like Siakam is a good example of what we're talking about where he you know, he's an expiring contract and he has, you know, made it pretty clear. He's, they were down the road with the Kings on maybe a, a trade going there, but like he's not ready to resign and commit. Like he kind of wants to test crazy and and this is a time where if you are a Pascal Siakam you go into free agency. There's not that many other free agents out there. There's probably a payday coming for him, so it'd be really expensive to potentially keep him out around and risky that whatever you give up, you you may end up, you know, four months from now having nothing forward if he goes elsewhere. So, like, is that the right move considering the risk? Especially because if he ain't, you know, if he ain't turning you into a title contender, and we can sit here and debate if you guys think Pascal Siakam would turn them into a title contender, uh, then it might, you know impact your future negatively if you go make a rush trade like that.
4: I I just don't think any Warrior fan thinks that they could solve this this year. I think almost all of us believe that like this has got to be a two-year window outside of this year, like the next two years, and giving yourself the most flexibility for whatever that means, whatever that that, that requires. Now, in in a Pascal Siakam trade, don't you retain his bird rights?
3: Yeah, I mean, you have the ability to, like, Give him the max, which he's going to desire. Um, is that? Do you think that's good business?
2: Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I, I don't see, see. I don't know if I'm paying Siaka max money, Anthony. I he's 29 years old. I'd have a hard time giving him a max deal. That's just
3: me personally. I think he's a yeah. nice
2: player. He's fine, but 29 percent from three. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I,
3: the other thing, the other thing here is like you know, one person's money impacts the other person's money now in this Warriors world because uh, they're not wanting to get into the second apron next Mm -hmm. season. And a lot of the decisions that are being made right now or will be made in the next month have to do with the future financials. Chris Paul is valuable to them because he's an expiring $30 per year. Andrew Wiggins' contract, if you talk about maybe repositioning yourself, I mean, we may just be talking about, you know, is it wise to just try to get off Andrew Wiggins' contract? maybe not for much coming back, but just for, like, expiring deals so you just have more flexibility. What does Clay Thompson's number become next year? Is Clay Thompson around next season? Right. Uh, You know, some of those questions. And if you bring a Siakam in, like, that is a huge chunk of money that you're you know, basically thinking you're going to commit to, which, uh, like I said, probably means there's other people around that 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 may not be here.
2: Uh, Anthony Slater here on the morning Ross on ninety five seven games. We talk Dubs. They take on the Utah Jazz today in Salt Lake City. Sham your partner over there at the Athletic, basically reported that everybody's on the block with the exception of Stephen Curry. That also means Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, which would mean to break up the core. Where are we at with Clay Thompson? We sure Clay Thompson would even want to resign with this team right now, Anthony?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think Clay Thompson holds like a deep appreciation for uh, what they've built, you know, over the last decade. And I think if Clay Thompson could script out his career in in an ideal way, it would be like be with the Warriors forever, right? Be next right. to Steph Curry, you know, until he retires and. Um, but he, We'll see, you know what. What will the financials be? Right. Not only what w- are the Warriors potentially, you know, willing to give him, but what's the market potentially right. willing. What, to what give are him? you hearing
2: on his market, Clay Thompson? Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll see. You know, you, you. There's a reason to be kind of skeptical because the way at times he's played this season, his age, his injury history, all that. But then it's like the fact is he's still, you know, he's still an elite three point shooter uh, mm-hmm. that can get going. He he has. That championship medal that I do think attracts like young teams. And you look at, you know, Houston, for example, what they did this summer, they, they cashed out Fred Van Uh, they tried to cash out Brooke Lopez. They gave Dylan Brooks, you know, 20 plus million a year. Um, and, and that's, that's the type of team like it, if, if, whereas at, at this point last season, you didn't know Houston was going down that path, right? All you heard was, I don't know, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know who their coach is going to be next year. And they probably are going to try to go get James Harden. Um, well, they completely shifted once Ime Udoka got in there. So I don't think we know because I think Clay Thompson is going to need a t- like a team like that in that type of situation. It's like, look, we got cap space to play with. We're trying to speed up the timeline. We want to get a veteran in here with championship experience who can hit a bunch of threes, be super competitive. You know, teach our youngsters some stuff. And maybe they do. You know, give him way more than the Warriors are willing right. to give him and pry him away. That's the situation where I do think that maybe it is possible he's gone. But at the same time. Uh, my guess, still at this point, is he's back on a reasonable contract because I think the market will be suppressed enough. Uh, but, and, and there's just, I think there's still enough of uh, a desire to keep the partnership going because of what it means to, to both parties. But we'll see.
4: Where's Steph at? Like, wh- wh- what, are, what are you hearing about Steph Curry? You know, Bonsi and I were just kicking it around, like, hypothetically, you know. All these superstars tend to get frustrated, it feels like, and he's so rare he has never gotten frustrated and wanted to leave. but he can't be happy right now, right? Like what's what is Steph thinking?
3: Well, it's, yeah, I mean, obviously he's frustrated with the record. He's frustrated with the the team's play. I don't think he's been, you know that excited about his individual play over the last month, right? You know, the shooting percentages are down. Uh, I don't think he's had some terrific defensive season. Um, right. but also, you know, one thing you say, like Steph Curry, kind of like green lit this roster construction, right? You know, I think we all know, like he was at least, uh, nodded in agreement on the Chris Paul, you know, Jordan pool swap and he wanted more veterans and, um, you know, he, he wants Draymond Green around. He wants Clay Thompson around. You, you know, they were really excited about what the front office had delivered them from a roster standpoint preseason. Right. I mean, we all remember this, so uh, the fact is like the team that, that they thought was going to perform hasn't been performing. So it's, it's difficult for him to go, you know, like, you know, however you want to term it, like LeBron James on it, uh, you know, and either try to get out or demand all these type of changes. And the other thing is that's just not his nature, right? You know, he kind of views himself in the Derek Jeter realm, the Tim Duncan realm, the Dirk Nowitzki realm. I don't mm-hmm. in any way expect him to, to suddenly just, you know, try to try to move himself out of town. Now I do think, there's a desire to, like, you know I mean? He kind of hinted at it at the podium, but, like, you know, stuff has to change somewhat. Yeah. Um, but I, I think there's a commitment long-term that, that he still wants to be with the Warriors and, and figure it out here.
2: Yeah, we were just kicking around, like, what if he does get disgruntled because things shift quickly with these NBA superstars, and you would know better than anybody. You've covered this league for a long time, Anthony. Now we look at the Utah Jazz today, and I losing to the Memphis Grizzlies, I, I just couldn't believe it. I, I mean, I'm not surprised – with the way the season is played out for the Go to State Warriors, but still, it was basically the Memphis Hustle and the Memphis Grizzlies beating up on the Go to State Warriors and hitting threes left and right. Gigi Jackson is a name I'll never forget now because of that game. Now you play Utah, another young team with athleticism, yeah. rim protection. It feels like everybody in the West ahead of them has some sort of rim protection that the Warriors don't have, and they're the hottest team in the league. So everybody that was talking about Laurie Marketing being traded, what is Utah going to do now? Because I don't, they won 12 or 14, Anthony, and they beat some big boys. Yeah, you know
3: they had this type of record this time last season, and Danny Ainge was like, "Man, I don't care." Like, you know, traded Mike Conley, traded Jared Vanderbilt, right? He was, the, he was, and you know, basically take their season in a sense. Like, so I, you know, the sense you get is this Utah management, which is in like a multi-year, you know, rebuild right now, is not just you know over the moon because, they, like you said, they've won twelve or fourteen. Um, so I don't think they're going to just, you know, try to chase the sixth seed, but right now they're definitely playing better basketball than pretty much anybody in the league, but certainly the Warriors. They've now leaped the Warriors by a few games in the standings, which again makes tonight kind of a big game. Um, but I was on last week and we were talking about how big the Pelicans, right? (laughs) What happened that night?
2: Yeah, they got smoked.
3: (laughs) No, I mean, look, I haven't looked at the line. Maybe you guys know it. Like, I'm sure the Warriors are like dogs. Tonight. Oh, my
2: gosh. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to check it out right now before you get off the air, Anthony. The Warriors yeah. are actually three-and-a-half-point underdogs, which is surprising to me.
3: That's, that's lighter than I would have expected, right? I would,
2: absolutely, with the way the Warriors are playing. All right, finally, before we get you out of here, Kaminga. What's going on with him? He's playing some damn good basketball. He, I, all the Wiggins minutes, and I, I'm with you on the Wiggins contract. Maybe you just move off of that because Kamiga's playing so well. I mean, the guy's balling right now. He's been Ball. their second hey, best player for the way, last two
3: weeks. By the way, not only playing well, but like extension eligible this summer. Oh, uh, and, you know, it doesn't kick – it wouldn't kick in theoretically for two years, right? You still are on the rookie deal in your fourth year. But, like, you know, decisions are coming on his financial future, which is why I think you felt some urgency from him this season to, like, figure out where his career is going, number one. But, two – I think it it, it 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 like complicates the calculus at the deadline with Boy. the whole oh, Wiggins coming. They can't can or can't they play together? Because if you can get off the Wiggins money, suddenly you're freed up. Uh, yeah, go
2: ahead. No, I was just gonna say, what do you hear about Wiggins? No, we're here. I know we're gonna get you out of here. I love is like, yo, we gotta let him go. We gotta move. On. We gotta give out this Chris McCaffrey qualify people. for Chris McCaffrey jersey and all that stuff. We got some give. We got some special things happening in a second. But Andrew Wiggins, I mean the guy, I Anthony, I. I don't know what I'm going to get from the guy every single day. What has happened to Andrew Wiggins?
3: Um, I mean, like he's obviously having the worst offensive season of his career. So this is <laughs> this is
4: that's all.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, this is abnormal. But as far as like you know what you're going to get every night, I mean, talk to Minnesota people, right? This is what they were screaming for years. It's why the Warriors got him on such a discount. Um, he did, as I've said before, he kind of like turned into Kawhi Leonard for two months in the playoffs, and like. Got the Warriors about as valuable a title as you'll ever see, right? I mean, they we all know they don't get it without that. But in some ways, this has kind of been who he's mostly been for his career. Now they need his offense to just, like, turn back around. Because even in Minnesota, when people were frustrated with his day-to-day play, uh, he was still, like, 18 a game on, like, decent right. percentages. That's just – that's gone right now uh, at a time in his career you wouldn't expect it to be, right? He's in the middle of his prime.
2: Yeah. It's sad. Uh, it's – boy – I don't know what the hell to do with him. Uh, Anthony Slater, follow him at the Athletic, follow him on Twitter. He's our 9570 game insider. He does a great job. with him. The best beat writer uh out there in America, I believe, man. He gives you everything, breaks down the field, breaks down what's going on with the game. And they have a tough time today in Salt Lake City. Stay warm, my friend. All right, folks. All right. You know, you, you bring up Andrew Wiggins.
4: Uh, and thank you, Anthony
2: Slater there. <sighs> of course, courtesy of the Boxer. a guest line.
4: You want to know why the NFL is just the king? I mean, clearly the scarcity of games, yeah. right? The way that the sport is gambled on, the fantasy, all all that's baked in. The way it's presented, the no presentation doubt. is next level. But Bonte, the number one thing, the number to me is the relatability of you could get cut at any moment. Yeah. You could be out of a job in a heartbeat.
2: We like urgency.
4: Okay? Peyton Manning went from MVP season, MVP season. I mean, he was incredible with Denver. One bad year of slippage, his career was over. Yeah. He's one of the greatest players of all time. Major League Baseball, there are guys like Anthony Rendon's a great example. Right. Making hundreds of millions right. of dollars, and it looks like he doesn't care. Yeah. Now, that's not fair. He's been hurt. Whatever. Wiggins, same thing. Making hundreds of millions of dollars in his career, and it, there's just no sense of urgency. Right. None. Barry Zito was here with the Giants, and, and Barry has admitted this. like He just didn't care for a long time. Rooted against his old teammates. Right? And, and he has since, you know found God, and he's looked within, and there's a lot of reasons that he thinks spiritually why he was in the place that he was, and, and I'm not trying to get inside everyone's dome, but the one aspect that the NFL will always have, for the most part, over the NBA and, and Major League Baseball, outside of just the games themselves mm-hmm. and how many games there are, the inventory, if you will, mm-hmm. is just like the, the guaranteed, non-guaranteed stuff, it yeah. really
2: does give them a huge baked-in advantage. Well, I think the NFL's never looking back. The NFL is never. They will be king forever because of the urgency, because of the physical. We like physicality in America, no doubt. We like the the violence of it, right? The urgency. You know, getting together one week to build up the football games, and then you get to tailgate. You can actually plan road trips around it. Like in the NBA, some people, like there's some Warrior fans out there that are, like go to New York City when the Warriors take on the Knicks, and they'll go on the East Coast Swing or whatnot, or they'll travel down to SoCal to watch the Lakers and the Clippers mm-hmm. when the Warriors go take them. By the way, into a stadium, uh, into an arena, whatever, it's into a dome, what the Clippers are building, mm-hmm. looks freaking sick. They're gonna have one side where it reminds you of soccer where it's all home fans oh, nice. and they're gonna yeah, it's gonna be incredible. They're getting an all star game a year after the Bay Area does in twenty twenty five. But that urgency that football creates the one-and-done nature in the playoffs, where even in the NBA playoffs, you get the best of sevens. And we love best of sevens. We love the the narratives of a series and how it could swing on one game or one shot. We think about the Sacramento and the Warriors series or Harrison Barnes. If he makes it, they're up 3-1. He misses it. Boom, you got a whole new series, and now it's the best of three. But the football regular season, like, games matter. Every single game matters, whether or not you want a the advantage, especially with one bye week now. Now it's the race to the number one seed. So... The NFL is always going to be king, and now they're taking over the holidays. I mean, it's just it is what it is. I mean, I I look at like the D Ford situation.
4: Niner swung big; they traded for D Ford. He was okay. Like when he was out there, he was good, but he was okay for a couple years. And it's like, all right, you cut him and you move on. Now they had to pay, but. He wasn't just hanging around for five years. Ben Simmons, I feel like, hasn't played in years.
2: Right. Yeah, it did. You know what? What Stiney brought up, you know, Wiggins is entering Ben Simmons territory as bad as Wiggins has been. I don't think he's close to Ben Simmons. Okay, but like, Ben Simmons hasn't even played. Ben Simmons has been known more well, for I, dating a Kardashian I agree. than he has been a basketball player. Yeah, so, but if
4: that but, was the NFL... Ben Simmons would have been cut. Oh, he would have been gone. Even if there was gone. money that they had to, eat, so you he would think have been the NBA gone.
2: needs to walk away from guaranteed contracts? I don't know. I, it's their structure. It's how they're they based. I just think it baked in Because a lot of people think the NFL, not to cut you off, Shasky, is that the guaranteed contracts in the NFL is cutthroat. Oh, like these, it
4: is. I mean, you, I don't you know? deny it. But for the consumer, it's amazing. Like that's why the Deshaun Watson deal for Cleveland is so is so. Crushing right. because they're paying them all this guaranteed money that they can't get out of. I mean, think about think about just Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo because of the the structures of the guarantees and because of football the, the ability to wiggle out it every year. Like in basketball, you might still be stuck with Jimmy G on the roster. You might still be stuck because yeah. no one wants to trade right. and, and and swallow the right. money for Trey Lance. You you are lucky enough. To stumble in to the Brock Purdy situation. I don't know. I don't know if that would work out the same way if it was the NBA structure of salaries. I, I don't know. Thank God it did. You know, thank yeah. God we're here. You know, and 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 thank God we're able to find Brock Purdy. I just, this Andrew Wiggins thing, like. It's
2: so strange. It, what I, happened? What happened? What happened to Andrew Wiggins? And I, don't give me this, he was always like this in Minnesota. Anthony just told not you. Not this bad. Not this bad. It wasn't this bad. He was inconsistent, but it wasn't 11 points
4: a game inconsistent. There are a variety of metrics that measure who are the most impactful and least impactful right. players on the court. By every metric, two guys in the bottom 10 on all of these these numbers – Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins. And if you would have flipped back to the year they won the championship, both of those guys were in the upper echelon oh, no of doubt. impact.
2: And they got they signed the deals when we said, wow, they got Andrew Wiggins on the bargain. It's crazy. Team friendly deal. Now it's like, how do we move off of this money? Especially because he has that player option at the end of his deal. Steve Kerr mentioned to Willard and Dibbs that the player option. he's more worried about the office and the defense. Uh, Kerr also said that Wiggins has been much better in the last month. It's been better than the way he started, but it's not good enough. It's not good enough, and the Warriors are slumping right now. Four games under five they They'll take out a Utah Jazz today in Salt Lake City. Don't forget, Warriors pre- and post-game live. We'll begin on NBC Sports Bay Area at 5 p.m. We'll also have our pre-game show here uh, on ninety-five seventy. Game. I'm not sure if it's Evan Ginnings or Mark Grandy today. At 6 p.m., it will tip off at the Delta Center.
4: I know we're going to get right back into the 49ers. we got a big guest that's going to come up. Like, for... Ten years, it felt like the saints were a hundred million over.
1: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink the cap, and then they signed Derek Carr to like
4: $40 million guaranteed in the offseason like that. The Rams. Oh my yeah. God, they're in salary cap hell. They got to eat this idea. Boom, they make the playoffs. In the NBA, it's like, huh, the Warriors are screwed unless they move all their money around so that three years from now, they can have their picks yeah. back. How about
2: that? The mega extension crazy. is coming up. They have to figure out what to do with Kaminga. I don't even want to. It's they have to figure it out out. Uh, the, guy, the guy's been good for a couple way, months. Uh, last chance here to text playoffs, 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 playoffs. to two zero three five seven. The reason why you're texting playoffs to 20357 is because you can qualify for an autograph throwback Christian McCaffrey jersey that is framed. It is really cool. Vest is data race do apply. 20357. Text your keyword playoffs. You have playoffs? two and a half more minutes to do that. Plus, on the other side, we're going to do something special for the fans. We're going to do special, something special for you guys. Because nobody loves you like 957 does. And we're going to hook you up. That's coming up right before Mike Holmgren. Right before Mike Holmgren. That's coming up. Brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking. No compromises.
3: Playoffs.
1: Now, back to the morning roast with Bonte and Shasky. So, since
2: 2012, 2012, The Golden State Warriors have had 500 500 straight sellouts. That'd be the case Friday. That'd be the 500th consecutive sellout for the Golden State Warriors. Absolutely incredible. Dating back to 2012. So all of us here, we said we're going to do something special for you in the 8 o'clock hour. We're going to do it right now. All of us here at 9570Gate want to thank Dub Nation for representing and supporting the Golden State Warriors through thick and thin. And so right now, we're going to, Give out some tickets to Friday night's game against the Dallas Mavericks. The fifth caller on the contest line will win a pair of tickets to Friday's game against the Dallas Mavericks. Call our contest line right now at 415-523-4652. Again, that's 415-523-4652. Be the fifth caller, and you will be part of the 500th consecutive sellout. Yay! So, who says the Bay Area fans have fair weather fans? We support our teams no matter what. Now, the Giants are losing fans here and there, but you got to get some stars. Got to get some stars, on! Come I'll on. still be there opening day. Yeah, I won't. Um, <laughs> no, you know, opening day for baseball is just too much. Because, you know, damn what, those fans will only care about being there for opening day. Oh, well, no, I like to go. You know, no, I, I'm it's just saying, ritual. there's a lot of casual fans. They're only going to be there You're for opening right. day. You're probably right. And it just gets too crowded. And I'm. I'm Talk to me in June. Where's the, that's where the real baseball fans lie. June and July and August, the dog days. But anyway, the Bay Area does support their teams, no doubt about it. Giants had a lot of sellouts for a long, long time. But the Warriors, 500 consecutive sellouts. That happened Friday when they take up Dallas Mavericks. So I'll be the fifth caller right now. 415-523-4652. You, you will get to see Luka Dodson. Sounds like he's going to be back. Kyrie Irving's playing well. Tim Hardaway Jr. just dropped a forty burger. The Mavericks, one of the best teams in the Western Conference, heard they were in on Pascal Siakam as well as the Indiana Pacers. So shooting the three ball really well. Yes, you know, doing what the Warriors used to do. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough game for the Dubs. Gonna be a tough game. Gonna be a tough tip. By the way, uh, Dibs just texted me. Warriors live with Willard Dibs at five o'clock. Make sure you don't miss that. Willard the Dibs, five o'clock. They also get the Steve Curry interview. Do a good job with that.
4: Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. I thought you were gonna like tease the, some Steve Kerr sound.
2: No, because we have Mike Holger Caller right now. Yeah, that's what I figured. I have a question. Right. For Mike Why'd you figure? That? Why'd you think I was gonna play sound? Well, I didn't know Mike where Holbert. you were going. I was just Come sitting on, here you waiting, know, you know, dude, trying done, not
4: to interrupt you. Hey, man, I'm my done. vow, my my 2024, uh, you know, kind of resolution to myself was to not interrupt you as much as I do. Oh, I'm slightly better. Boy, like Harbaugh, I'm either getting better or worse every day. I do want to ask uh, Mike Holmgren uh you know a city boy question. You know, he's a city guy and he's got a lot of city connections and uh a family that's near and dear to my heart, the Fahes. Uh there was a bar on Terravel called Fahes. Mm-hmm. Um it is now uh Carl's Beacon and uh, I know the guys that, that run it. But back in the day, Mike Holmgren invited a bunch of his buddies. From Fahey's to go out to Green Bay. And apparently there's a story connected to this, and Uh-oh. I'd love to
2: ask Mike about it. All right, it. well, you can ask him right now. He's on the line, courtesy of the Boxer and Gerzler guest line. Of course, Mike Holgren, former assistant coach with the 49ers, offensive coordinator, won a couple Super Bowls in. And, of course, the Packers head coach, where he became the enemy. But they had some great, great teams. He won a Super Bowl in Green Bay. Also did a hell of a job in Seattle, and they got close to knocking on the door. And look, man, now that Mike Holgren's on the line, I'll never admit it anytime else. Hey, Mike, I don't want you to get fired even though you're retired. I got jobs in that Super Bowl by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know what those referees are doing Jeremy to Detroit Stevens. Michigan that day.
5: Gosh, Mike. Oh, I'm
2: surprised you kept a composer that day.
5: No, you know what? Uh, I'm—I've said to many people I'm over it until it's brought up again. So thank you. Mike, so,
2: <laughs> thank so you know, what? let's just bring up the bar on Terraville then, Mike. Let's do that. Let's continue yeah. to keep it moving. Yeah, Mike, Mike. You know, uh,
4: Fahey's bar on Terraville I heard a story yeah. from a friend that they asked me to ask you uh, about the time you invited some of the hooligans from Fahey's to come out to Green Bay. What happened?
5: Uh, well, those are my guys, you know, and uh, growing up in the city and and. So I knew a lot of guys, and 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 so I invited him back to to the game in Green Bay, and uh, I think they had a blast uh, as as the guys in Fahey's would, <laughs> and uh, and so it was really nice to see him, and and uh, we had a party at uh, uh, Gil Haskell's house that evening, oh, wow. and if you know that name, yeah. Gil pl- coach for me, and he went to St. Ignatius and mm-hmm. longtime NFL coach, good friend, yeah, the Gil Haskell and, uh, Trophy. Yeah, I, I have I have uh, pictures of them all asleep on the couch <laughs> at about ten o'clock after the game. So, it, but you know, look at San Francisco. Uh, still, I have my home in Santa Cruz, and I always take the kids up, my grandkids up. We go up to the city a couple times during the summer and take them for a tour. And then last year, I drove them by Lincoln High School, and and they I hear from the back seat, Grandpa. We saw this last year, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I do the same stuff all over again.
2: Uh, you had to remind me that you went to Lincoln. I went to Washington, Coach. So, uh,
5: oh boy, yeah. yeah, Washington, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you had that experience, but Oof. you know, it's it, it, the city is there's nothing like the city. There's so,
2: that. no, you're so right, you're so yeah. right. And, and by the way, Coach, we didn't lose a Bell game during my time there. Although, oh Lincoln, god, I think,
5: I think go. Lincoln is won like 11 straight or something yeah,
2: like that. They but are anyway, yeah, are in a roll. You know, Shasky was asking me earlier, you know, the contract and just the cities. Green Bay and San Francisco. You would know more than anybody being yeah. in Green Bay. And I'm looking forward to the schedule being released for next season because I want to make my first trip to Green Bay. I, I, mean, I love the history of the game. Love the history of the NFL. And just when you see Lambeau Field and the history behind it, can you explain the difference in Green Bay and how that stadium just in the middle of the neighborhood and how that fed base just... I think they're America's team, not the Dallas Cowboys. Midwest, Vince Lombardi, Mike Holmgren, all the great quarterbacks up there. Can you explain what makes Green Bay so Unique
5: well, guys, you know it, when I went there, and I remember flying in to my interview there, and uh, it was cold, uh, obviously, and there was some snow on the ground, and i 'm thinking to myself, ah, is this the right thing to do uh, because it's it's the, it's a very unique place they could never you could never do that again in today's NFL where the city actually owns the f- the football team you know and I mean I have certificates of ownership I have for my all my kids and grandkids. Wow I bought shares in that too, but you get in there and i you know I my home I lived a few blocks from the stadium and I could jog to work and and things like that and it, the, but the people you know you go there if you 're visiting this is what impressed me among other things if you 're a visiting team. Rooter, like say, you guys came in and had San Francisco jerseys on and sat in the stadium. You know, they'd tease you a little bit, but the, they they love football and they respect the opponent. Mm-hmm. And it was just a different different place that way. But uh, you know, people ask me, did does the did the pressure of the NFL? Does it get to you and all that kind of stuff? And I said, the games didn't. In Green Bay, what what was hard was I felt responsible almost for the mood of the entire state mm-hmm. because they all, it's the Packers, you know, it's, it's important to everybody in Wisconsin. And when we lose... Uh, which fortunately we didn't didn't happen too much when I was there. But when we'd lose Monday, it was really everyone was in the tank. I mean, it was just so you had to kind of bring them out of it again. But uh, I love those folks, and it was a great time for for my family and me.
4: You know, when when I look at at these two teams, uh, I'm looking at the two quarterbacks. Obviously, you've talked to us at length just about how when you're a head coach, when you're an offensive corner, you're a teacher and you're trying to teach these guys. And and both these guys came into the league very differently, Jordan Love and Brock Purdy. Just your thoughts on Brock Purdy, though, to start with. I mean, he feels like a guy you would love to coach.
5: Oh, no. I mean, I watch him play. And, and, you know, his. everyone knows his story of being the last kid drafted and all that kind of stuff, so there was a reason that that happened. You know, I used to analyze quarterbacks as my job, and, you know, there's certain things you look for, and so there's a reason he was picked later. But, you know, it was the perfect fit, I think, with Kyle and the people around him. But then now, he doesn't get enough credit because he's a very accurate passer, he's a tough kid mentally, uh, and he's just going to get better. I mean, I, I was said that a quarterback, if he can stay with the same coach and the same coordinator for a couple of years, he hits his stride in year three. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes that time to mature and to get ready to play. Well, Kyle, and the the, the connection there between coach and quarterback and yep. the rest of the guys on the team, it's happened sooner for them. But, uh, you know, I, I love the young man, and, you know, he, his record speaks for itself. They right. don't lose games.
2: Yep. No, you're so sure, right. Mike Holmgren, Super Bowl winning head coach, Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator. Of course, we love him. He's a city guy, former coach of the Packers, Seahawks, and of course, was with the 49ers with Bill Walsh and all those great teams in the 80s. Uh, he's here on the Morning Russell on the Boxer and and Guest line. Now, look at the other side here Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love. And midway through the year, there's a lot of rumblings coming out of Green Bay, a lot of rumblings nationally like, boys, Jordan Love the guy. Is LaFleur any good? Is he a good coach without Aaron Rodgers? I think they proved that they have something cooking up there in Green Bay. Disgusted job LaFleur has done to get Jordan Love up to speed, especially within the season. They're rolling right now.
5: Yeah, no, you couldn't have said it any better. They and listen, I think I was one of the guys that also thought that about mm. mid I'm going, you know, uh I 'cause I hadn't to be honest, I haven't seen Jordan Love play a lot, but you know, you're wondering. You follow Aaron Rodgers. You follow Favre in that tradition in Green Bay for so many years. Now, can they do it again? You know, and it appears as though they did do the right thing. This young man, particularly last week, my goodness, against a good Dallas team that just it just blew my mind what happened in that game. And so, yeah, there. Give credit to Lafleur. Give credit to their Packers and just how they do things. The challenge, I think, of course, they went into Dallas uh i think the 49ers can be feel good that they don't have to go into green bay and play right <laughs> that, i think that's always that was always a tough thing to do but uh no i think it's there the connection between the floor and the quarterback Appears to be working. The throws he made, some of the throws he made, are re- he's really yeah. athletic. Yep. He's really athletic, and he's just what you want that way in a quarterback.
2: Yeah, throwing off the back foot. Some of those throws was like, wow, this guy's got it all here. But no. you know, we we talk about patience, coach. I don't know if it was always like this in the NFL, but it seems like in today's day and age, Nick Sirianni and the Eagles just lost. And he's led them to three straight playoff uh, appearances in his first three seasons as head coach. And all you hear is like, boy, he may be on the hot seat. The Eagles are going to have to decide. Is there too much pressure on head coaches to win the Super Bowl? this time around was it like that because you it took you six years to win one in green bay but you guys were knocking on the door but i never heard rumblings about you being on the hot seat you being fired you guys obviously ended up winning a super bowl shanahan's in the seventh season they haven't won a super bowl yet but they've been knocking on the door but it's to say today's sporting society are we just too impatient now with quarterbacks and head coaches
5: you know what i guys funny and i have get up every morning we have coffee a little devotional and then just go about our day, and the other morning we were talking about, and I said, you know what, I know I'm old, but it, it seems different now for the very reasons you just said. I'm worried about all these coaches and some very good coaches, and they're on the hot seat and this and that. It just seems like it is different. It seems different to me. Owners have less patience. Now, the thing in Green Bay, you know, you don't have an owner, so, you, you know, you, you, it's a little different, and in San Francisco – the ownership there is really solid, you know. Jed and those guys—they—they they, they understand what they have there, and they, and John Lynch, and they understand those guys. But a lot of places don't, I think, you know. And then a lot of places have a have a a very successful, obviously a very wealthy uh, owner who has made his money in another business, that comes in, and buys the team. And then I'm not sure, it's a different business. It is a different business. It's it's very much a people business. And sometimes they don't have the patience. I think it's different now. I agree with you
4: you know, I'm looking at this 49er team and they've been a juggernaut all year and, and it feels like they're, they're as healthy as they've been and they've got home field advantage and everything's set up and Bonte started off the show's like, man, if they find a way to lose this game this weekend, it would be one wow. of the biggest disappointments right. in like 40 years and we've been talking a lot about this game over the last couple of years. 88, the playoffs against the Vikings, You're a part of. Yeah. you're a part of that yeah. 1987 season, yeah. January 88, you're a part of that team, Wade Wilson and Anthony Carter going absolutely berserk against the 49ers looking back on that game was there something that the Niners didn't do or prepare themselves for was it just an outlier game is that just is that the playoffs like I'm just worried about the Niners in this matchup they were an 11 point favorite in that game they're almost a 10 point favorite in this game and I'm worried about us maybe not being ready for this Green Bay team
5: you know what that game I, I do remember that game and I remember you know we had we had the first round by Minnesota was the wild card, and Minnesota was coming. In. So we had we were feeling pretty good. But I remember Coach Walsh for two weeks. We started practicing two weeks, and he we he, we banged it for two weeks. We really did. And I thought one of the reasons in that game is that we we were ready to play the game on Wednesday, mm. and but we still had to practice two more days. And that's the way he approached that game. So I mean that's that's one thing. The other thing is. Uh, Minnesota, I remember early in the game, Carter, Anthony Carter was running a slant, and Ronnie Lott usually lights that up. usually just lights that guy up. And he caught a pass, and Ronnie just kind of tackled him. And I'm going, that's that's different. You know, that's different. But that was that game. And it was a close ball game. But they, you know, and then right after that, Coach Walsh was very upset with everybody, and he started. He wanted the consideration of trading Joe. Yeah, I'm go- and I'm, I'm going. I'm the quarterback coach. I'm going. What? <laughs> we <can't, laughs> Please, come on. We can't do that. And so we went to the combine, talked to a bunch of coaches about trading. They didn't believe it either. We find we didn't. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't. But you know that that was the reaction. Of very, very. You're right. They should win this game on Sunday uh when are, when are they playing Saturday yeah Sunday mm-hmm. Saturday
4: yeah. Saturday, 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 night. Saturday. Yeah. Saturday yeah they
5: should they should win the football game because of all the reasons you, they are really good yeah. they are really good. And so it would be it would be a disappointment. You
4: yeah. know, the only thing around here that even comes close is you know like Alex and, and Kaepernick, but the Montana and Young thing, and, and just the dynamic of that of one guy trying to ascend who was a number one overall pick, Montana who had already won two Super Bowls. You were there; you had a front row seat to the entire dynamic. The coach, I'm sure you guys are, are, are part of the staff, are debating this in the room. The Niners just went through this with Jimmy G, Trey Lance, Brock Purdy. Walk me through these conversations when you're talking with Bill Walsh. Like what did it look like with Shanahan and John Lynch and even Jed York, the owner, and, and part of the staff? What do these conversations look like to us fans when you guys are breaking down who is advocating for who in the room as to who the starting quarterback would be? Because I, I, I find it hard to believe all these conversations of Tom Brady and this and they stuck with Brock and they I mean they hit a grand slam here. And I just I don't think enough credit is given to the dialogue behind the scenes.
5: No, I know, and it gets. If people really knew the real dialogue, I. <clears throat> there was one evening when we were not playing well, and it was my last. Uh, well, we wound. up, That was 1980 when we went to the Super Bowl. We wound up going to the Super Bowl. We had just lost to the Raiders in a stinker, nine to three or something. Yeah, I remember that. So Bill, <laughs> you remember that game? And yeah. then, so Bill, Monday night we had dinner, tables, wine glasses, all this stuff in Mr. DeBarlo's office. It was all set up, and I go, what? Because normally we're paper plates, and you're, you're in your coaching shorts getting ready for the next week. We go in there, and Bill went around the room to each guy. and says, what's, going, what's wrong with the team? And they went, you know, and guys would say, well, the left guard, I remember Bob McKittrick, the left guard pulled, and then someone with the, the receiver dropped this ball. And I'm thinking, no, because Steve and Joe were going back and forth in, during the games. Bill was playing them that way and and i and i finally got to me and i said coach i think you're the problem and the 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 room stopped and the coaches looked at me and i said they they listen they listen to me but they hear you so i said, pick one pick one and then i think and then we'll go and he slammed down on the table and he walked out of the room and i'm going and all the coaches, they start throwing rolls at me. They're yelling at me. They're swearing at me. What are you doing? Are you out of your mind? And so that, then he comes back and he goes, "Mike's right. Yep, we're going to go with Joe. Yep." And he, and then, but he goes, "Mike, you know what happens if this doesn't work? I'm going oh, gee whiz, I'm. I got little kids. I'm gone. Right? <laughs> I, I go. What's going to happen here? But we wound up having yep. we beat Washington in a big game.
2: Yep, Monday Night Football. And, and,
5: yeah. Yeah. And then the next morning Joe gave uh, coach Walsh gave me the game ball yeah. and i that's the one football thing I have in my cabin in Santa Cruz on the mantle yeah. you know it's, it's uh, so it's just sometimes you have to be honest and and hope hope it works out for you you know so,
2: so I want to know because Don Mikowski, a lot of people forget the magic man. And he was up and coming in Green Bay, and I remember he came to Candlestick Park with the Green Bay Packers, and they beat the Niners like twenty-one seventeen. I'm not sure if you were in Green Bay yet. I don't. I'm not. Maybe you're still the OC with the 49ers. My memory is a little foggy there. But Domankowski, the Magic Man, he was supposed to be the guy. When Brett Favre took it, it kind of Brock Purdy the way he took the reins last season. Does it kind of remind you of the way Brett Favre took the reins out out there in Green Bay when you're coaching?
5: Yeah, a little bit. A little bit now. When I got in there, I was not. I was still in San Francisco when yeah. I got in there. Don had hurt him yeah, his shoulder worse. the year before, yep. mm-hmm. and so when I got in there, and uh, and he was the quarterback. He was a starting quarterback. But then Ron Wolf said, "You know, we need." I got a chance to get Brett Favre. What do you think? And I said, "I'm not sure because I worked. I ran his workout in college, and and he's he's. Uh, he, I don't know if he can fit into the offense I want to run." You know, and be disciplined enough. he come from Montana, and you go to Favre. I mean, it's different. <laughs> so uh, I go, but then Ron does the thing. We trade number one to get Brett, and then so he's on the he's on the roster. Don, we almost beat Minnesota in the first game, which would have been a huge upset. We we Don comes and throws a bunch of interceptions early in the second game against Tampa. I remember this stuff. So I started Favre in the second half. McCaus- McCaus- was upset. Wow. Th- third game. I said, "Okay, Don, you're coming back in. You're starting," and he gets hurt. Don got hurt in the third game against Cincinnati. Farb went in. We went it in the last yep. thirty seconds, and the rest is history. And Brett played for the next sixteen years. Wow! You know, so but that was that was what happened there. Don got hurt, but yep. eventually, you listen. You spend a number one draft pick on a quarterback. You're telling your fans. You're telling everybody that that's that's your guy. And mm-hmm. at one point, it's going to happen. And it happened rather quickly for us in Green Bay.
4: You know, Coach, uh, you, you've been around the game for so long. Your brain and your eyes yep. have, have seen so many things. So I, I want to ask you about two players on the Niners. And obviously, Reggie White, you know, Roger Craig were guys that you were with for a long time and you saw them up close and personal. I'm not comparing the guys currently to those two legends, but when I watch Christian McCaffrey, I go, man, there's not, not a hole in this guy's game. Just like he can do everything. And we underrate every aspect of it. And the other guy's Nick Bosa, you know, to be one of the Legends like a Reggie White, you got to do it in the playoffs. Break down those two players from a coach's perspective.
5: Well, as I'll start with Christian. I, you know, I was out there. I the, I visited down there when uh, Dwight Clark had. They had a Dwight Clark fundraiser uh, recently, and I, Brent Jones asked me to come in, so I got to see uh, the old guys, and then Christian showed up, and so I, I talked to him because I knew his dad, and I agree. I when I watch him play. I have no idea why Carolina traded him. That's the first thing. <laughs> and he can do it all. Right. He can catch in the way he does. He's a leader. So he's as good a back as I've seen in a long, long time that can do everything. Uh, as far as Bosa, same thing. If I am playing against a Nick Bosa, you know, then you have to, you have to take a couple of guys to block him because he can disrupt you by himself. And so, yeah, he's he's a little different size than than, than Reggie was, but uh, and he's a, but he's a great pass rusher. He's relentless. He's just a, he's just a really they're great football players. That's what I mean. The Forty ers yep. Debo Samuel. You go through the roster, uh, Kittle. I mean, they got guys that that are really arguably the best at their position in the league, mm-hmm. and they have they have more than a couple. Wow
2: coach, we could talk all day long. You brought up Reggie White. I just, during the holidays, Shasky, I just watched Reggie White's 30 for 30, because I don't think people remember how good he was and look, Mike, coach uh, Coach homegrown, we're in our early 40s man, so we grew up watching the, the late 80s and the 90s, and Reggie White was always seemed like he always dominated with that club move, just but just courting us. him to Green Bay, yes. I thought was fascinating, and I had no idea the finalists for Reggie White was the Cleveland Browns, it's insane. the San Francisco 49ers, and the Green Bay Packers, and I didn't realize how sophisticated Reggie White was with his religious beliefs, yes. but you guys let him do what he did. And what a dominant player, man. So, no, we're not going to compare him both the Reggie no, White. No, I'm just, <laughs> I want yeah, no, to know I because Reggie you. Reggie was the
5: differentiator yep, in a was. lot of games. You know, I got I to gotta see that. I've heard a lot about the 33. I haven't seen it yet. But uh, he, he's, uh, you know, he he made me laugh. He, he was really... I, I didn't think we could get him there. Yeah. You know, He was going on the Goodwill Tour of, mm-hmm. of getting fur coats and all right. that stuff. And, and I made a comment to Ron. I said, what are we going to give him, a block of cheese? Yeah, I remember
2: you know, that. They, said, <laughs> they mentioned that, <laughs> Coach? <laughs> They mentioned that in the 30 for 30. You Michael's like, did? well, I guess we'll just go to a bar and just have a beer or something. <laughs> this true. is all we have to <laughs> offer in Wisconsin. <laughs>
5: No, but he was a special man, and I I missed him, and I still miss him. Yeah, we all do. Coach, we we have a
4: soft spot in our heart for you, a San Francisco boy and somebody who's just a a great football mind. We always appreciate spending time with you. Thank you.
5: Hey, thanks for your time, guys. I appreciate
2: it. Anytime, coach. Coach Holmgren here on the morning. we on 95 7 of the game. Lincoln High School. Coaching coach at Oak Grove. Uh, Coaching Sacred Heart for a second. Was a teacher up there at Sacred Heart Cathedral. Uh, longtime offensive coordinator with the 49ers. I heard that story. You always bring up that story. Will is like, What the hell are you doing? Mike's like, You got to pick a quarterback, dude. I mean, you got to pick a how quarterback. How gutsy is that to do yeah, that? To know, a great it was, Bill it's, Walsh. it's in all the Bill Walsh books. It's, it's in all the Bill Walsh books. No, and I did know that. Reggie White was religious. I didn't know that he was deeply that religious. I got to remember when Reggie White played, we were in our teens and there was no social media. But
4: the so. only thing I remember from Reggie White was after the games, right, he would take all the players from both teams and they would, pray. And they would pray, pray a lot. So that was something I did kind of always do. But they knew.
2: go into it in depth yes, and how yes, deeply yes. and when he started and yeah. what he did after his career in terms of religious beliefs. So Chicago, Jason is Chicago, man, don't be a smart ass But, but you know what I would I mean, say? You're always doing that.
4: And, and I, the reason why I bring that name up is, you know, Nick Bosa He's going to have a lot of regular season accolades. What makes Lawrence Taylor, Lawrence Taylor? What makes Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald? What makes all of the great Chris Jones, um, Reggie White? They have seminal playoff moments where they dominate in a fourth quarter to seal a game to advance their team. Now, Bosa's had some moments here and there in a couple of runs, but If they want to go where they need to go, they need the best version of Bosa to date.
2: Reggie White in that Super Bowl against the New England Patriots dominated. I mean, he just took over the football game. There was like two straight plays he had sacks on Drew Blesso, and he just dominated. Dominated. Bosa, after last postseason, there's a lot of Niner fans. Look, we all have short-term memories when it comes to sports, right? It's, what have you done for me lately? Mm -hmm. What Bosa did last year the postseason was next to nothing. Lane Johnson owned them. Whether or not you it want to say he jumped early, was he bad. owned it was him. Bad. Tyron Smith, yeah. Dallas Cowboys, actually put Bosa on his ass in that football game. I had never seen that before. No, I didn't see it. So you know what? Bosa had, and we we said this every day so far this week. It all starts up front with this defensive line. You want to make Jordan Love uncomfortable. You want to make him look like a player who's played in his first ever postseason. You want to make sure these young wide receivers don't get crazy and get down the field and start making plays happen. Because another another guy that we haven't talked about Who? and I'm a little concerned with, Jair Brown. Oh, Strong safety. I'm glad you're actually bringing this up. Jair Brown has missed a lot of tackles in open field. Bad angles. Bad angles, missed tackles that's led to big-time plays. Before, you look at every football game. Yeah. And look at Jair Brown. I'm a little concerned about him in this football game, but I'm concerned about him moving forward against these teams that are lined up to play the 49ers if they were to events. Nick Bosa has to help out e. Brown. How do you help out Jau e. Brown? You got to get to the quarterback, and you have to be relentless on the run game. You have to contain Aaron Jones and keep him inside, keep him, keep them down middle. So, Fred Warner and of course uh, uh, Drake Dial can clean it up. So, and then like you're talking about like legends of the game. You know when oh, you, when, wow. you're, when you're comparing Bosa. We got some breaking news here. Breaking news. Breaking Whoa. news Breaking news Sounder. Sorry to cut you off. Seth. Ninety-five seven. The game.
1: Breaking news. <laughs>
2: Man, Adrian Wozniowski, ESPN, ESPN sources. With the serious medical situation surrounding assistant coach Dejan Milojovic, the NBA is postponing tonight's game between the Warriors and the Utah Jazz in Salt Lake City. Again, Dejan Milojovic had a private dinner yesterday Salt Lake City, had a serious health issue, a health scare. He's been hospitalized. The, the NBA has postponed tonight's game. Between the Warriors and the Utah Jazz. Our prayers up go to Dayon. Our prayers up go to him. He's a great guy. Decky is a great dude, man. Love Decky. Good Lord. I hope it's not serious. Oh, my gosh. I hope he's okay. <sighs> so, no Warriors game tonight. And the NBA doing the right decision if this is serious than we all anticipate. Boy, they're not going to play this guy. Oh, my gosh. Poor Decky, man. Poor Decky.
4: Yeah, that's that's not good. You know, um, you know, my dad's in the hospital right now, yeah. and you know, I we've been going through it as a family. I'm gonna get a little emotional here, and I, I will say that you know, I know a lot of people um, might not understand w- what it's like to go through trauma, but it's very difficult to try to balance your normal life mm-hmm. and to pretend to move on and keep going when something comes out of left field that is serious and it's a health scare and it involves someone you love or someone you work with or someone you care deeply about. And uh, if this is, you know, obviously as serious as it all seems to be, then yes, the NBA is making absolutely the right move. Oh boy. Absolutely. And and all I can, and I'm not trying to push anything on anyone. I'm a religious person. I believe in a higher power. I'm sending all my, you know, wishes and prayers and thoughts and everything in their direction, and I hope this man's okay.
2: Dayan Milijovic, assistant coach with the Golden State Warriors, helped him win the championship back in 2022, works with the big man. If you see the big guy, uh, he's always working with Kavon Looney. He's always working with Dario Sarge. He's always working with the Warriors Bigs. He was hospitalized last night in Uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, after suffering a medical emergency at a private team dinner. Um, and so it's so serious that the NBA moments ago has decided to postpone tonight's game in Salt Lake City. It will be postponed as the Warriors tend to Dayon's medical situation. All right, Warriors get a day off. We'll see them Friday no, night against the Dallas Mavericks. I hope I'm just my prayers go on with yeah. Deion, man. You never you know what your dad and I you know last last Thursday was a very emotional show, um, especially with Steady situation as well and. It's just a lot going on, man. Do here, it's been a weird start to 2024. It really has.
4: Well, you know, it, it, everybody goes through different things in life. And now we're here at real life stuff. Like, yeah. my dad had a cardiac arrest during the middle of the show last week, and I didn't know yeah. if I was going to be able to see him alive again or not. And I, I know maybe the audience doesn't need to know every little detail and this, that, and the other. But I do feel like, you know, now that the door's opened up, I've I found this, you know, uh, Show to be a respite and and an area for me to kind of clear my head over the last couple Mm -hmm. of days It's been horrible what we've been going through and I pray every day that my dad gets a miracle and Is able to come home one day and down the line But you don't realize how many people Are affected by things like this. I mean, you know you I listened to what you were saying about my dad It was so beautiful I got so many text messages from people who are dear family friends casual friends people who have never met me before the 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 amount of people that have reached out has just been absolutely unbelievable. But all of the different fabrics of our lives mm-hmm. and my my mother and and, and the family and everything, it's all on pause. Everything's on pause. And it's so hard because the world keeps churning and uh-huh. churning and moving and going forward. And all these things keep happening. And it's so incredibly difficult to try to balance everything. And when, quite honestly, you just want to curl up in a right. ball and cry. Yep. And I'm man enough to admit it, and it's really difficult, and what my poor mother's been going through, and that's why I instantly think about this man's family. What my poor mother has gone through has been so unfair, Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm probably going to cry right now, but it's it's freaking hard. And what I would say, and you said this last week, just freaking cherish the moments you have with people because you never know what tomorrow brings. Mm -hmm. And I know you said, like, Joe, you do so many things, and I was thinking about this, like, man... This life is so short, and yep. these teams and all the sports. And yes, we get great enjoyment, and it's a great distraction yep. from all of the real crap that we mm-hmm. have in our real lives. Like real crap out there. People can't afford bills. You can't afford health care. You can't afford childcare. You don't know where your next meals come from. Whatever the real world problems that you have, sports and all this stuff, it's a great, yep. you know, distraction. It unifies, from all those
2: everybody. It unifies everybody. Unifies everybody. It does. Absolutely. It does. It does. You know, Sorry, I'm rambling. No, no, it helps help you distract people, distract you from the real world issues. We all go through our issues every day. And the Warriors right now are going through their issues. Their own the assistant coach. That's terrible. Decky. Decky's in the hospital right now. It's terrible. So I hope, and Decky, if you see Decky, Decky's always got a smile on his face. Always got a smile on his face. And it's not good right now for Decky. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. It, it's, and these,
4: these healthcare people I'm, that are out there, you know, we, we did this during COVID, and it's like, oh, they're, they're healthcare people. Oh, yeah. man. No. When your family member is in there, you realize how selfless yeah. and how giving these people are. When I say that these surgeons and these doctors and these physicians and these nurses are literally the Steph Currys of their profession, yeah, they are. you don't realize how incredible they are they and they how are. amazing modern medicine is until your family member is in those positions, yep. and I say it to every single pro- I literally go to these people, I hug them, I say, I love you, I can't thank you enough. Yeah. You are literally waiting on people who are knocking on heaven's door with hand and foot like help. It's unreal. These yeah. people are, we can't thank them enough in society and anybody that does that profession, I know we, we goof around a lot, you people are literally saving lives.
2: No, they are. It deserves a lot of credit, especially over the last three, four years with all, everything with COVID-19 and the pandemic and uh, the way the hospitals got filled up with that. Oh. It's They've been going through a lot. Now, Decky's 46 years old. He's too young. Uh, he's 46 years old from Serbia. Uh, so our, hopefully his family's on deck. Hopefully his family knows what's going on. But the game tonight is postponed between the Warriors and the Utah Jazz. As Dejan Milajovic is in the hospital He got hospitalized last night after a private dinner in Salt Lake City, Utah. So the game tonight between the Warriors and the Utah Jazz. Um has been Pulse poll. Let's go to John and Richmond. John. Uh, but before we get to John, you are listening to 9570 Game KGMZ FM and AC1 San Francisco. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app and favorite 9570 Game for the best and most up to date sports coverage. Don't forget you can also watch us every single day on our YouTube and Twitch streams. Just log on and search 9570 game. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel while you are there. Brought to you by First StoreCow Credit Union. The smart choice for low auto low rates. It's super simple online application process. Also it is a Warriors Wednesday brought to you by Freeman's appliance a trusted name since 1922. Visit com today. John and Richmond, what's happening, man? You're on the roast.
3: Hey, guys. Um, you know, I just wanted to say show's getting a little emotional. I'm getting a little emotional. I just wanted to say how much the show means to me. I listen to it every day, driving to work. I have a hard job. I'm a social worker uh, for newly arrived immigrants. And it's tough. Damn. And, you know, sometimes I wake up and I don't want to go, but you know, I hop in the car and I turn you guys on. And I, I kid you not, it gets my conversational juices going, gets my excitement up, gets me ready for the day. And, yeah. you know, I just want to let you guys know that, you know, other than sports, you know, you guys create a community and the show means a lot to people and it actually does have an effect on their lives. I just wanted to I you that. that. I appreciate that. You, love you know, show.
2: thank you, John. I, you know, when he talks about community, Rob Brooks, who works with the 49 obviously, at ABC, uh... 49ers pre-post game show host uh, with Carlos Ramirez and Dante Whitner. a couple weeks ago. We we're talking about the business and everything going on. And he goes, you know, Bonte, cherish what you guys have over there. He goes, what you guys have done from 6 to 10 a.m. has built the community. You guys have literally built the community. And I just sit back for a second and think about that. And I look, I love working in television. And I love the feds who come up with me on television. But a lot of times when I'm out there chasing a Shasky yeah. and I'm at the gay house, the first thing they say is, I'm a roaster, B. I'm a roaster. Oh, baby, I'm a roaster. What's up with Shasky? Tell him we said what's up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm thinking to myself, when we first started working together and we were at the Hilton Hotel doing the postgame show for the 49ers, I had no idea where it was going. I was down bad during that time. I didn't know know where my career was going. A lot of things were happening in 2019. And that show kind of reinvigorated me in terms of radio and happiness and why I got into the business. But I never expected us to create something that we have created. The Doobie Awards. People reaching out, man, I want to be nominated for a Doobie Award. We did that. You know what I'm saying? YouTube. We look at the YouTube stream and the people are reaching out to us. I said, damn. I can't believe what's going on out here. I, I it, it honestly blows me away with people. I could be walking down the street and people roll out a window, I'm a roaster! It's the best. Tell Shaskin to stop worrying about everything. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, it really resonates with people. That's why I think this show, we're a little different, man. I know. We are. We're just cut from a different cloth, man. We're maniacs.
4: Well, and I think, you know, uh, as I share a little, like I've been going through the best and the worst two months, three months of my life. Yeah. I mean, I welcome my own little boy and my dad got to hold him. My dad's been in the worst health of his life. He's fighting for his life. And uh, I'll share a little story here. You're talking about community and running into right. people. B, I'm holding my son. It's four in the morning. I'm in the NICU. I'm holding my son. I'm like crying. I'm like going crazy. This woman who's a sweetheart, I forget her name. Yeah. This nurse goes, are you Joe Shasky? <laughs> and my wife looks over like you've got to be kidding me. I'm right. wearing a mask because we're in a, in a mm-hmm. hospital. She's like, I listen every single day. I'm so happy for you guys. Is this your first? That's and a, incredible. And I, we can't avoid it. And okay. it, no, it's beautiful. It's it's a it story is. I'm going to tell my my son right. one day. And like I'm sitting here and 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 I'm thinking about I am getting emotional thinking about my dad because this show are extensions of conversations that I've had with my dad since I was a little boy. And that's all I've ever wanted to do is to bring real conversations that you and me would have off air, that me and my boys would have off air, and bring it to air. There's nothing worse than, hi, I'm Joe Shasky from 95.7 The Game, and here's Broadcaster Voice. Let's talk about sports. No, we talk in the tone and the cadences of how we would talk outside. Yeah screaming and yelling yep. every day that door opens at 9 12 who yep. or whatever 954 who comes in here guru, guru. and steiny and right. what are we doing
2: we're talking to them in the same way down, we would talk way. on air all day long because that's who all we are long, and that's man. what
4: i'm so appreciative of and our audience thank god yeah. for you guys because we wouldn't have a show no, i love you guys it's, it's
2: it's all the time man it's it's it really is humbling it is humbling to wake up and there's times where i'm like god dang Alarm class going off at 4.30. Right? Oh, last me. night, I'm like, man, I'm watching <laughs> the Suns come back against the Kings. I'm watching the Clippers. You know, I'm watching the Sopranos. And I'm like, oh, I got to get up early. But then I realized, you know what? I'm a lucky guy. I get to work with Joe Shasky the Butcher. I don't. The energy's there. So I don't have to worry about cups of coffee and going crazy over coffee because Joe Shasky's bringing the energy, right? And then your dad, when I think about your dad, and I said this last week, one of the best days of my life, you know, the best day of my life is Baby Chaz coming out of course. and sharing that moment with Anna and watching football games with Baby Chaz in my arm, thinking to myself, how could any parent not want to be involved in their kid's life every single day? And I will never forget that moment. Of actually talking to you from the hospital room, thinking, watching Zach Wilson <laughs> struggle against Coastal Carolina. We're both on the phone while Baby Chaz is in my arm. And I'm sitting there saying, we don't want Zach Wilson. I'm off that train. And, but it was one of the greatest days. But then when I think about one of the greatest days of my life, and it didn't end well, but it was a 2021 NFC Championship game. And your father, and I know we got to go to damn break, but I'm going to finish right now, love man, and I don't give a damn. Your father was with us down there in I L.A. Know, it was one of the greatest The Mafia's breakfast ever. and the way he hung with us. And that photo in front of SoFi Stadium with worldwide and yeah. Mondo and the random guy from Fresno. but it's one of the best days of my life. And we got to share that with you, Rocco, and your father. Know, so we're going to one of the best here. days of
4: my life, too. Yep. I love my dad, and I miss him, and I can't
2: wait so, for him, hopefully,
4: to to so, to get out of this surgery today yep. and be good. And I thank you for sharing that. Yep, I love no you, bro.
2: And, and I love you, too. And our prayers go up to Dayan Milijovic, because right Hell now yeah. he's hospitalized. And from what I'm hearing is he's fighting for his life. I, I, the Warriors-Jazz game has been postponed due to some health scares for Dayan Milovich. Damn. It is scary. All right, we'll come back. Brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises.
5: Happy Hump Day, people! Happy Hump
0: Day. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.